Toledo's Gravity, a homebrew podcast. I'm Aaron. Hello. <laughs> that's Jason. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. Jason. Our guest today is Andrew Moore. He is a he's been a homebrewer for about six years and has been a member of the Malt Infusers Homebrew Club since 2016. He is a developer, podcaster, filmmaker, and creator of other amazing things. And you can find some of his latest work at xpquest.com. That's xpquest.com. Andrew, welcome to Plato's Gravity. Woohoo! And cheers. Cheers, cheers. indeed. <laughs> we are toasting beers for those who are listening no, without no, no. sight. We're cheersing all the people listening to this podcast and drinking while driving. Well, we do not want them no. to drink while driving, but we do want uh, them <laughs> to water. drink with us if they are if they are not driving and listening. So, one of the ways we accomplish that is we name every episode after a beer that we drink with our guest. Uh, Andrew chose the beer for us today. Today, we are going to start off our episode with a Belgian triple from West Mall. Mm. Uh, Andrew is now caressing his bottle. Yeah. Our <laughs> bottle has been uh, previously poured already. So West Mall Belgian Triple is what we're going to start with today. Before we do that, uh, can you tell us why you chose the beer for us? You know, I've noticed it here, at least in, in the sales thing, all of the, the craft breweries around, t- around town are just like having a, a standoff hop war with each other. Mm. And this whole thing of the, the New England uh, IPA, you know, the hazy IPA, I, I, I swear that's a phase and it's just going to pass, right? Yeah. But people just forget about the classics. I remember one New Year's Eve, we got Trappist drunk. I think I've got like <laughs> 10 amazing. or 11 of these things. And after like six, you're just, you should stop, right? <laughs> but there's something to be said about a bunch of monks just sitting there brewing beer all day. And then that's all they want to do and concentrate is their entire life goal, right? <laughs> yeah. Aura et laborum, you know, work and pray and drink. They didn't put that oh, part yeah. in the Latin. It's some good stuff. People forget it exists. It's a very, you know... It's it's not a, it's not that hard it's not too hard to find you know if if you, if you live near a big city. Well, right. I'm appreciative that you chose a a Belgian beer. My wife uh, loves Belgian beer, and, and therefore Belgian beer is a special place in my heart because for a very long time she didn't drink beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the sort of so the sweetness that you get in a Belgian beer that you don't find in a lot of the American craft brews is something that uh, kind of brought her in, and now she can even handle some of that hoppy stuff. Well, yeah. There's a uh, there, there's a good craft brewery near my house called Fibonacci here in Cincinnati, and he has this Belgian triple always on tap, and it is so good. <laughs> this is actually one of the glasses he has <laughs> that he serves it in. <laughs> so th- so this smells amazing. Like it tastes good. Oh yeah. Uh, but the smell is just just tickling my fancy. Oh yeah. Is that a, do the kids say that still? <laughs> it smells amazing. <laughs> No, right. tickling the fancy. <laughs> tickling. The... Yeah, I'm like 41. I have no idea what the kids are saying these days. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I have yeah. no idea what juuling is. I you tied But you do know that it's a word, which is more stuff. than you can say for me. It's. You know what? It, it, the thing is, like, I, I'm in my 30s, but I I look like I'm a child. So like, people expect me to know what the kids say. I had, I haven't known what the kids say in so long. Okay, we're gonna open this, and I think the only fault I would give this lovely bottle of West Mall yeah. Trappist, the big bottle, is that it needs a wooden cork. Yeah, the, yeah, the double does. actually came comes with a wooden cork. I almost bought the double for the cork, but I wanted uh, to drink the triple. Yeah. Oh god, it pours so good. <laughs> 
And I think, I, I can't remember if it's bottle conditioned or not, but I mean, it's just the bubbles and everything is perfect about it. Mm-hmm. The color is beautiful. It's hazy. Like it's uh, unfiltered. We don't, you know what we don't, you know what we don't need to talk about right now? Beer. Haze no, beers. Haze beer. Haze beers. <laughs> it, uh, gosh, it's fine. You know what? And I'm coming around. I, I complain about them a lot. And I think it's mm-hmm. because I'm a fucking hipster. And like, <laughs> oh my God, it's trendy. Honest to God, like, I don't mind drinking them. I just, the fact that they're everywhere now. Oh, yeah. Is well, just... yeah, it's, it's, there, there's, and see, I, I'm not like a guy that follows all these weird trends. Mm. And I see the, and I've been brewing long enough and I've been going to, you know, all these crap breweries in Cincinnati long enough to realize that there's all these like, sweeping trends right and yeah. the hazy thing will it'll fade right wait walk me through um so cincinnati I, we're not too far from there but i don't make it there often enough walk me through what's the craft brew scene like there honestly and this is just my opinion mm. i think it's starting to get to the point where it's about to pop okay <laughs> and okay. that's not a very popular opinion to have but there is Within the greater Cincinnati area of like 50 miles of downtown, mm. I think there is somewhere around like 40-something craft breweries. I had no idea. In the past three years, I know of three of them that have already closed for reasons, right? <laughs> you know, they either got swept under the carpet or they went out, you know, they you know they lost their license or something, right? So yeah. there's a couple of them that have actually like – one of them, uh, Blank Slate, was a big one. When that went down here in Cincinnati, you know, everybody's Twitter feeds and everything just exploded. It was like, oh, my God. And then everybody went and bought all their stock. And you know, suddenly there was no Blank Slate anywhere. So, That's fair. But, everybody, but everybody got on Twitter or Facebook and made these lengthy, you know, posts like, oh, this is the best beer ever. And they helped me learn how to brew. And all these brewer, brewers of other places are like, oh, it's such a, you know, it's a loss to our community. It was like, okay, but if it was that good, you know, why couldn't they sell their beer? Like, you know, yeah. it's like they wait until somebody dies to be like, oh, you know, they were the best brewers in town. Okay, well, obviously their sales didn't show it, but that you know, I'm not, I'm not racking on Blake Slate. I'm just racking on the fact of the whole business side of it. I, you know, I just hate it all. But well, that's the whole thing is like 40 breweries. If you guys ever get a chance to come into town for the weekend. Mm. There is something called the, the Underground Heritage Tour where they talk about Cincinnati's brewing history. Mm-hmm. And they take you to all these underground spots, all these loggering tunnels that people found beneath their buildings and stuff. What? Fantastic tour. People don't realize that like Cincinnati was where all of the Germans moved. And they brought all their brewing here. And just like Cincinnati was this big, just drunk town. <laughs> you know? This was like where lager exploded across the United States. And it's finally getting back to that point where, like, all these people are sort of jumping on the bandwagon. And we're like, yeah, Cincinnati's a big brewing town. But, you know, we don't have that many people here. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, we're probably a little bit more concentrated than Indianapolis, right? Yeah. But yeah. we're about the same size when you look at them sort of side by side, right? Okay. Well, you know, it's like I would probably say 90% of breweries are in the outlying areas, right? There's a bunch of them that actually – worked with the city and got 
they went into some rundown industrial area that had been, you know, industries moved out and there's all these empty factories and buildings. And mm. Rheingeist was a really good example of that. Mm. They went in, found this building that was about to fall on, in on itself, yeah. bought it for next to nothing. And within a couple of years are now, you know, like, <laughs> I think they own like six or seven semi trucks now, right? To ship yeah. their beer everywhere. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. In fact, you almost picked a Rheingeist beer for the show. I just couldn't get it in Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. I re- it was uh, the Hans, which is a Vienna lager. I was, I was, oh. a, I'm really enjoying this triple, but uh, I was looking forward to the Vienna lager. The Hans won't sneak up on us like this will. This yeah. will, like, in a half an hour, we're just going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the only brewery in Cincinnati that I've been to, uh, like actually been to the brewery, is the mm-hmm. that building that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. But did you go there before or after the expansion? Like uh, did they still have their pilot system or was it like the second warehouse? It would be – I would have gone there last summer. Okay. So, yeah, you would have seen the, the expansion then. Yeah, and it's huge and amazing. And like it's yeah. like it's a cool space. But it's they're, also so big. <laughs> yeah, I think their pilot system is – it's still like, you know, 2,000 barrels or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like okay. their new systems like rivaling something that would be like a small town version of like, a, you know, Anheuser-Busch moved in and wanted to make a Bud Light factory. Yeah. <laughs> so It's fun to look at those breweries at scale, especially when you know what it looks like on a smaller scale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And shout out to where I, I, you know, started my beer journey from. You know, I definitely I respect what Anheuser Busch has done, but I yeah. just don't drink it. I don't drink it anymore. But I, I've hit in person. I've got to tour Anheuser Busch St. Louis. Uh, I finally got to Miller Coors up in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and then this summer I'm taking my kids out to Yellowstone, and we're swinging through Denver. So you know what that means. <laughs> mm, you're gonna go skiing. <laughs> It's colder there, I've heard. Yes, yes, yeah. We're going to bring some cores east of the Mississippi. We're going to bootleg it like Texarkana. Like Texarkana. Okay. So he sounds like I have a nice nice history of looking at uh, other breweries. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So see, I love going to my local homebrew, you know, or local homebrew, my local (laughs) microbrewery. Yeah. Because, you know, he has this like five gallon system and it's cute. <laughs> yeah, I think the fun about going to the, the big breweries are sort of like awe inspiring and amazing, and the little breweries are like, how much would it cost me to have that? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, my favorite place, the Fibonacci. He still yeah. grinds all his grain with the, with the, an actual drill. Wow, <laughs> so he's got like his own mill. You're like, can I borrow That's that this weekend? <laughs> One point, I was sitting there drinking at his bar, and I'm like, man, I want to see your system. And he's like, yeah, but all I got to do is clean kegs. I'm like, I'll clean some kegs for a beer. And he's like, okay. So next thing you know, I'm cleaning kegs and having free beer. So, oh, that's that's where it's at. <laughs> oh. So do you do you have a do you have a drill uh, a drill power grain mill at home? I do. I finally broke down. I got one off. Uh, you want to talk about like homebrew tips, man? Uh, the Twitter feed. What is it? Uh, homebrew finds. Oh my God, that guy! I think he just sits there looking at Amazon all day. But I, I found uh, I got a, a grain mill for about seventy nine dollars. Okay, which it's got a little wobble to it, but it works. <laughs> yeah, if the grain comes out crushed, I think that's good. I I follow homebrew finds both on my personal Twitter and with the Plato's Gravity Twitter. But I have to admit, uh, I mute him until I'm ready to buy something. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he is prolific. Every day. It's just like constantly bing, 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 bing. And then I get the email from him every day too. So so if you're following him every day, I imagine uh, you have quite a collection. What's your uh, what's your favorite piece of equipment? <sighs> you know, I have this – is, this is a toss-up between two things, right? Hmm. One, I – I love brewing, but not being an exact science, right? And I tried the whole uh, hydrometer thing, and I'm just like, I just can't sit there and read it, or I just I do it when it's all foamy or something. Or I tried a refractometer, okay, and there was like calculations because the one I got only gives me something. And it gives I you bricks, convert. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> then I'm going to like northernbrew.com and use their calculator, and like the numbers never matched up. And I swear the thing's miscalibrated, or maybe I dropped it too much. It's like me when and I was a kid. And then one day I saw that tilt hydrometer, and mm. I'm like, okay, I'm a tech guy. I can respect this. It's a little Bluetooth thing. You just plop it in, and it gives you gravity readings and temperature. Oh. And I'm like, sure, let me try that. That thing is awesome. <laughs> it is worth every penny to get a tilt hydrometer that sounds right? amazing and then the second thing i got that i i gush to about everybody is if you're home brewing you got to get yourself one of those mark ii keg cleaners or the, the corn you know it 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 cleans all of your uh your fermenters and everything and it also does kegs and it's just this little 99 dollars piece of plastic with like uh with like a garden you know uh, what do you call it? A pump that basically just sprays water up, right? <laughs> it's such a simple thing, but like I hate, 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 hate cleaning these freaking glass, you know, fermenters. Right, right, absolutely. This thing, you just put some scalding water, a little bit of, you know, PBW in there. You plug it in, you stick your thing on there, and it could be the nastiest, you know, uh, uh, fermenter ever. And you come back in a half hour and it's shiny. I'm like, yes, <laughs> sign me up. So then I modified it to clean the kegs and all the valves. So I don't even have to disassemble my kegs anymore. If you modify it with a bucket and some hoses, you can then reverse use it to clean my keg lines and my kegerator. So no more, you know, pumping out water, you know, by hand and all that. And I was like, it is the most versatile, stupid little thing because I just I hate cleaning. But this thing's just like, oh, you just plug it in, go have a beer, come back and it's done. You drinking beer, it cleans. It sounds like a party. <laughs> I know. No more the the stupid angle brush. The thing. angle brushes. I, I I don't even know why they sell those. Like this is <laughs> like how can you become angry? You can buy an angle brush and then try to clean the very top part of the carboy as it curves oh, up. Yeah. It just won't ever ever I get there. Thing, I tried the thing with the drill where it has the paddle that you know you know that you stick down inside there and. Uh, I mean, my, my biggest tip that I tell people is try to get like wide mouth fermenters, right? If you could afford mm. them, always get the wide mouth fermenter because cleaning sucks. But if you want to just do easy cleaning, get that Mark II K cleaner. That sounds like tremendous advice. Let's go back to the tilt for a second. This is a product that I've looked at, uh, but haven't ponied up for to, to purchase. That's a horse metaphor. What? Following. <laughs> yes, it is a horse, horsey, a small horse <laughs> metaphor. So... If you were like me, and it seems like you may be, did you tech, check it with your hygrometer to see if it was reading? Yeah, yeah. You uh, before you plop it in, you always zero it out in water. Sure. And then, of course, I did. I did pour out uh, a sample of something that I had fermented, and I, I compared the numbers, and it was mm. like, like it was off by like point zero one, right? <laughs> like it was just like a little freaking fracture, you know. It is 
Amazing. I'm trying to pull it up now. I think I'm within Bluetooth range. I can actually show it to you on the camera. Oh, so we can see what that uh, IPA is doing that you have. Yeah, there's an app for this. All right, here, here you go. I don't know if you can see this. Hang on. So <laughs> I so it just on your phone, this. on yes, your phone, yeah. it tells you your specific gravity and the temperature. Yeah. While it's fermenting. While it's fermenting. It just lives in your carboy. That started at 1.6 or 1.06. 1.060? So yeah, 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 so 1.015. You're ready. getting pretty close to final gravity. Okay, so here's where the nerdiness comes in since you're you're a, a developer. Uh-huh. People on my Twitter feed take you could have ras you could have this data pulled in through Raspberry Pi through the Bluetooth connection mm-hmm. and then uploaded to Google Docs. Yeah. And then it takes that into a spreadsheet and basically ingests it into a database. People have made public facing web pages where they could pull up a web page, you know, from their house or wherever where it shows all of their tilt hydrometers, the gravity, the temperatures, they have like the temperature of the kegerator, you know, it's like all this like it almost looks like they're like looking at like an operations view of a bunch of servers, right? But it's all brewing data from their homebrew stuff. Like I've seen people that do this. I know. And I'm like, I want to do that, but that is a lot of, I mean, that's taking it to the next step. <laughs> but like, these are also the same people that have like, you know, electric breweries and they're like, oh, I work, I'm an electrician in my spare time. So. <laughs> or they're a developer, right? Yeah. Like it, you that know? sounds super fun to me. I love APIs, but I'm not like, I, I can't make that API calls. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so let's go backwards then. So instead of getting more and more technical, let's talk about where you started as a brewer. Because I think that's uh, really interesting for folks uh, who might just be getting into home brewing. They might hear us talking about the tilt and they'd be like, ah, I don't know. That sounds pretty complicated. <laughs> so uh, what was it like when it was more simple for you? Well, the, if you go back to the very beginning, my older brother got a Mr. Brew, Mr. Beer kit. Okay. <laughs> This was like 12, 15 years ago, maybe. He brewed one, whatever the kit that came with it, right? It was Root horrible. Beer, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, God, it was horrible. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. And then he put it away and it sat in the basement, never touched. It was just a thing with a bunch of plastic in it. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward till, you know, five, six years, I came across it while cleaning out my parents' basement, you know, and. <laughs> My brother was like, hey, you, you could just have that. I, I was like, I'm not going to use that. So I gave it a try. I did like two recipes in it. And the first one was okay. The second one was okayer. Okay. Was okay-er. Great. Progress. <laughs> it we'll was like, it. there was tons of sediment, like thick sediment, right? <laughs> They're like, and of course the instructions are like, oh, that's just vitamin B. You could drink that, you know? <laughs> but it was like chunks, like at the bottom. Not, not like, <laughs> Not, you know, unfiltered. It was chunks floating in the bottom of every beer. I knew that that wasn't the way to do it. So then, you know, I set that aside. And then like a year or two later, I I can't remember what happened, but I came across a guy who told me, he's like, you should brew beers again. And then I, you know, so not knowing anything, not knowing anything about like local homebrew shops mm. and everything, I went out on the internet and just started Google searching. And I got my first full kit you know, with uh, glass, you know, carboys and the buckets and all that from northernbrewer.com. Sweet. I got their deluxe set. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go into this, you know, hardcore. Mm. And I did extract brewing for two or three years uh, from my stove. 
I'll throw it out there. The Norm Brewer kits, their extract kits are, you know, they're amazing when you're starting off because it's like the recipe is just like you can't screw it up, really. Yeah. It ends up, you know, my water was like chlorinated. So when you do the extract, the the the, the kits are just, they're not as sensitive. So you could still make great beer out of terrible water, apparently. <laughs> like, And it took me, to, it took me to sort of realize the chemistry later about that, but. Yeah, when you have like a the, the extracts because it's like consolidated wort, mm-hmm. all, all the extract when you rehydrate it, like there's so much good chemistry that the people who made the the wort before they before they took all the water out kind of saves you a little bit there. Well, and that's like uh, sometimes it, depending on where you're at, even depending on how long you boil, even <laughs> like your shitty city water can like be okay. Yeah. And the best extract kit I ever brewed was from Northern Brewer. It was a, ironically, a Belgian double oh, <laughs> kit. <okay. laughs> it was a Belgian double kit from Northern Brewer. We fermented that thing. It sat in a secondary fermenter in my basement for three months. Nice. I didn't know it. I didn't know any better. And it was just crystal clear. Oh. That, that should have been your warning. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I remember several of my friends drinking, you know, a couple batch, you know, a couple, you know, glasses of it, like two or three glasses. Even my, my brother-in-law, he had like two glasses and then he went to leave and he, thank God it was snowing out. He fell into my, into the shrubs outside. <laughs> Belgian beer will get you every time. <laughs> it was really good. It had like a pound of like hard candy in it, oh. you know that like that glass sugar. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, it was like Breaking Bad. I had this just like bag, you know, like, oh. <laughs> it's all crinkly and cracky. You know, it's like this is the good stuff. <laughs> the Belgian barley liquor. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then it was probably uh, a year or two ago that I finally decided to get into all grain brewing. And this was right before I joined the homebrew club. Mm. Once again, not knowing much, I called northernbrewer.com. I was like, hey, I want to do all grain. They shipped me two of their 10-gallon, you know, fermenters and hot liquor tanks. Mm. It's like, you know, I can't remember what the kit's called. But those things are wonderful. But my first few batches, everything I brewed was horrible. Like, it just tasted off. I, I called it this burnt Band-Aid taste, and I couldn't I couldn't figure out what it was until I joined this homebrew club, and I took I took them a sample. You know, I brought my 64 ounce growler of of my uh, I think it was a stout. It was an it was a generic all grain Irish stout that I had gotten off like byo.com. Sure. All of my friends loved this stout, and I had made it twice, and they loved it, and they're like, "Oh, this tastes great!" But every time I made it, it just had this this taste and I took it to the, the homebrew club and I, I, I poured everybody at the table a sample. Now mind you at this table, this is like guys have been homebrewing for like 20 years. There's mm. like three or four professional brew judges that, you know, travel the country. Yeah. <laughs> These are great guys. And everybody like made a face. They like, they sipped it and they was like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like bent nose. A couple guys actually spit it back into the cup. Right. Oh, nice. No. <laughs> nice. Like several of them poured it out. Right. <laughs> they were just like, I, I no. But then, like, we're gonna try where, a lot of beer tonight. I can't be yes. wasting my time with this. <laughs> exactly. But see, this is where I tell people, I was like, you gotta join these homebrew clubs because these guys immediately turned around and as a table they collectively critiqued it, and they came up with the fact they're like, you have chlorine in your water. <laughs> like they like some guy was like. 
that's how you do it. And then, like, go talk to so-and-so over there. And she was, like, a biochemist. And she's like, oh, yeah, just go get an RV filter from Home Depot. And this, you know, she's, like, explaining how to fix the problem. <laughs> and ever since then, I, you know, I went out. I got an RV hose. I got this inline RV filter that dechlorinates the water at line speed. And oh. you know what? I, it fixed everything. And since then, I, I don't treat my water other than just filtering it. And every beer I've had since then has been, you know, magnitudes better. <laughs> so, so you're still working off of like the water that comes out of your faucet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, 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 I brew outside propane. Uh, yeah, that was another big deal. When I went all grain, I also got like a burner. Mm-hmm. So I went from like brewing inside to doing like full batches outside. Yeah. And yeah, I literally hook up a hose to the front of my house. It's an RV, you know, hose. So it's, you know. It's safe-ish. <laughs> safe-ish. I mean, yeah, it's like you got to make sure you empty the water out and let it drain. And then they, they told me every year, just throw it away and get a new one. It's like, okay, that's 20 bucks. You know? They just, said, you know, but I mean, if you think about it, like there's there's expendable gear too. Like your, your, your siphon, it's like no matter how much you clean that, eventually it's just going to be like, okay, just throw it out and get another one. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> For for so. Jason, that's usually the, also the hydrometer is expendable. We break one of those every oh yeah every yeah. few views. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> I can hear if you ever, saying okay. this. The my soul, most soul crushing thing was I brewed this beer and I all the numbers were right and I wanted to get one nice hydrometer reading and I put it in the boil pot mm. and I heard it crack oh, and I'm like oh <laughs> and like you know it has those like lead pellets that oh, oh like everything is lead everything. <laughs> That I, I'd done the full hour of brew, and I, I was just like, oh. There was <laughs> the, Aaron and I at one point, we had decided to do like a brew off where we're both going to make a beer and we were going to make a spiced porter. Nice. I, uh, I went with a classic traditional recipe. Aaron uh, did this other recipe that's amazing that we've made a couple times since then Dolce de Leche Porter. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how mine would have turned out because uh, on brew day, I, one, at the end of the boil, broke the hydrometer in my pot. And then we thought, yeah, we thought that we could salvage it, maybe. No, no. Well, yeah. (laughs) We let it ferment, but but it was not. So we let it ferment, but then I also, because I'd been homebrewing. Suck it off the top, man. Just suck it off the top. (laughs) Ah, You know what? Uh, so, oh, this was the other thing was not only did it have broken glass and whatever else is in a hydrometer, <laughs> I also used a bung that I had just had for years in the carboy, and the bung was like rotten or something. Oh. I don't know how to explain it, but the beer smelled too much like shitty rubber <sighs> at the yeah. end of the ferment. So like everything that could go wrong with it, I dumped it and it's fine. <laughs> The the brew off wasn't close. No, no, <laughs> no, because the uh, the other porter turned out fantastic, and mine didn't didn't turn out. <laughs> I love your story about taking your beer to your homebrew club. Oh yeah, a lot of the reason why Jason and I chose to start the Plato's Gravity podcast is because we went to a Friday night club at our local homebrew shop. We didn't know that it was Friday Night Club, but it was Friday Night Club. We came <laughs> empty-handed and were greeted and welcomed by a bunch of enthusiastic homebrewers who shared their beer, and that experience was so positive. I wanted to kind of create a medium for people to have that experience who didn't live near a homebrew shop or near a homebrew club, and then to encourage people who do to get out 
and meet oh, yeah. some folks who brew and, and increase increase your knowledge, increase your experience. So that, that, that story you told is close to my heart. Oh, yeah. I, and honestly, like when I was doing the Northern Brewer thing, I was a solo guy brewing in my kitchen, following a recipe, and the only feedback I ever got was like my friends and family and my coworkers. And they loved it, but man, I swear to God, it's like just like a professional job. You gotta get out there and network. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you find the professionals, you know. I find with friends, you can look at their face. You have to check their face quick. Like the first two <laughs> seconds is what I really go on. I don't really care what they say. They're always gonna tell me they love it. Well, like I had a bunch of people at my work that the best compliment they gave me was this doesn't taste like homebrew. You know, it's like, what you, what is your thinking? Then, That's, you know, honestly, who, though, who like, hurt you? You know, like, what did they feed you? <laughs> burnt band aid. Yeah, burnt band aid. I feel but like I... band aid was one they loved. That's I'm right. Like, that's right. So you know, since then, now they think you should do this for a living. I'm like, yeah, don't tease me with that idea. Because <laughs> you know, once you get good at home brewing, the first thing you think of is like, I'm gonna open my own brewery. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> So I completely like I completely relate to that question. People ask us that a lot. We've only uh, been brewing together for uh, a little over a year, maybe close to two years now. And I want nothing to do with starting my own brewery. I think that's great. I'm glad people do. I like to drink their beer. But for me, this is really about making beer that I like and can share with the people I know. Oh, yeah. But in a more serious way, would you ever do it? You know, I I talk to my wife about this mm. and I'm in the similar state where I don't think, I don't think I would want to own my own brewery because I don't, <laughs> even in my professional job, I'm the guy that's always turning the wrenches and doing things, right? I don't want to be the guy that has to balance the books and pay money and, you know, sweat mm-hmm. over sales and all that. I was just like, I just want to do, right? And I think that's what I, a lot of homebrewers, you know, they, they fall in love with the idea of brewing beer for a job. Obviously, you know, there, there's that whole side thing of like, okay, if you scale this up to like a brewery, you're you're no longer just like crushing up, you know, twelve or twenty gallon or twenty pounds of 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 grain anymore. Yeah. You're you're killing your back lifting fifty pound bags of grain endlessly. You yeah, know, right. Into a thing that crushes it and puts it on a conveyor. You know, you're using a, a garden rake to take the stuff out. Right? <laughs> like the difference between you know home brewing and scaled up brewing physically is completely separate but you know people forget about the whole business aspect of it no you got to go out there you got to do marketing you got to do sales you gotta you know the licensing the leases you know <laughs> it's like you have to brew the same beer over and over yeah you cannot do it out of your garage right you have to you i know, mean i think that depends on your garage <laughs> <laughs> no, gotta buy it. and 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 that's why all these breweries are buying these you know rundown buildings and sketchy parts of towns because you know it's a startup. It's not hey we're gonna start up a you know <laughs> we're gonna make an ISP. Let's get some shiny data center you know white space right. Well, so, I think one of the one of the reasons I don't want to start a brewery is I, I like to brew whatever I want. Yeah, and when you listen to podcasts where they interview professional brewers or. You listen to uh, the brewers who we go and visit around town. One of the things that they often talk about is, "Hey, I have to make this IPA, or I don't, I don't keep my business." Yeah, and I think 
being able to whenever I want to make whatever I want is something I wouldn't I, I wouldn't enjoy this if I couldn't do that. So tell us about your best beer. My best beer uh, would probably be that that double the the Belgian double I made. Mm-hmm. I think it said to secondary it for a month, and I ended up doing like three months. And like I said, when I brought it up, and it was in the basement, like in the cellar, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so when I brought it up to the the first floor. Even after jostling it, going up the steps, it was like crystal clear, but it was like a dark amber, like really dark because it had like that pound of like dark candy sugar mm. that you dissolve. And, oh. Like I really just want to drink it right now. Mm. I know. Like and I've never – I should get another one of those kits like or at least try to figure out the recipe all grain or something, right? Well, I mean I think there's two really important lessons here. One, as much as we like to be super about creating your own recipe, having control, doing all grain, you can make great beer with extract. Oh yeah. And two, <laughs> northern brewer kits? Is this is this where we're going? Definitely have some northern brewer kits. <laughs> yeah. And here's my pitch. Even though I I love doing the all grain thing where I spend all day outside in my driveway, Mm. you know, with propane burners. In the middle of winter, like we're in the Midwest, man. Yeah. January, I'm not going to be outside with a hose, right? (laughs) I'm actually really like seriously considering like trying to do a brew in a bag all grain thing for a one gallon batch during the winter. I I haven't talked Jason into it yet. (laughs) Actually, this is. This is an interesting question. Is like when you used to make stovetop brew, how big were those batches, and how long did that take to boil? God, forever. When I made Northern Brewer kits, yeah. when I do extract stovetop, I have a, I have a nice, you know, nicer stove than mm-hmm. I would think. It, it doesn't, have, you know, it's it's a flat top, you know, yeah, with a ceramic flat top or whatever they call it, yeah. I have a pot that will hold about, I think it's like four and a half gallons, and okay. most of those kits size. would do three and a half gallons mm. is what you start with, and then you boil it down, and then you pour it near your carboy once it's cooled, and then you and then it says add water until mm. it's five gallons or you know whatever. <laughs> so it would only be about three and a half gallons of water to start with, okay. and it would easily take about 50 minutes to bring to a boil now when you convert that to making six and a half or seven gallons of water outside with propane with a a dark star burner that i got from northern brewer (laughs) i could bring that to a boil in about 22 minutes yeah my next setup that my my dream setup Mm. is i think i'm going to make the investment and finally go to an all-electric and like this homebrewer shop that I've been working with on, you know, in Cincinnati, shout out to Brew Monkeys. He's helping me piece this thing together. And, you know, we're going like all stainless chassis. We're going with, you know, the, the Blickman pots and the electric stuff. And uh, like I'm actually already like looking at uh, electricians to come in and bring 220 out to my, you know, garage. And, you know, nice. If you're going to do, do it, do it, you know. Should I Should I feel turned on right now? Is that? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, then it's like to go with, you know, the, the, the Herms or do we go with, you know, what is it? The, Herms or rims? I mean, what is, that, that is the question, I, right? I, I'm a rim. Like when I watch all the videos, I feel the rims thing. That looks simpler. <laughs> 
you know. But I haven't I haven't not brewed either one. I'm just looking at it purely from a YouTube standpoint and watching people. And when I started thinking this whole this whole thought line of building my own single tier electric brew thing, there was a lot of videos out there on YouTube, and there's a lot of Herms guys out there. And I swear, most of them look like the companies that they're brewing on paid them to make those videos. If you right. watch those, go out there and look at that. <laughs> I swear. And I, I think, you know, for me, when I think about the difference between herbs and rims in, in terms of how we're just recirculating heat around, and for me, I think it doesn't matter. Like, as long as you're oh, yeah. recirculating your mash through and you're getting that really consistent temperature, pick the yep. system that is easiest for you to design with the equipment you have in your garage. The answer is whichever one you want to do. Like, that's yeah. the best answer. Do you guys... <laughs> Just go with it. You want to hear a real fucked up thing? Yes. <laughs> Whew. Okay. So Herms, right? So like uh, my major in college was classical languages, right? So I studied Greek, and so I studied a lot of Greek culture. And a Herm is a property, uh, like a boundary marker in ancient Greece, named after the god Hermes. And so what you would do is you would stack stones at the corners of your property so people knew boundaries not to cross and to make them afraid to cross those boundaries what you would do is you would then carve a giant penis into (laughs) the stone so like as you were walking down the road in ancient greece and they don't talk about this that much in like the odyssey or the iliad but if you remember this in sixth grade you know social studies right (laughs) if you're walking down the street the way you know that like so oh someone lives there and someone owns that land it's because of the pile of stones with the giant dick. And so, like, I don't know. I don't even know what this brewing... What is a brewing herm? <laughs> I, and, and between the two, it's it's all in, like, thermofluid dynamics. Okay. Some scientific stuff that I could not even begin to explain. But it's like you're, you're either heating it up in your hot liquor tank. Okay. Or, or you're heating it up through a tube... That basically that basically has a a heating element in it, right? Okay. And 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 that's why I always thought the 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 rims was easier because you're not sending it back to your hot liquor tank through this gigantic coil. You're just sending it through like a pipe that has like a you know two thousand watt you know heating element at the end. Okay, I can picture this. Yeah. Heat exchange. Either way, you're trying to get one and what. Yeah, you, you did it well. In one way, you're sending your wart through a, through the hot liquor tank, and it's picking up heat from the hot liquor tank. And the other way, you're sending your wart through a tube that's, that's heated by electricity. Yes. Uh, it's like a tankless versus a tanked <laughs> water heater. We've gotten yeah, really technical now, here, which means I would like to take a pause uh, in the action <laughs> and do what we love to do on every episode of Plato's Gravity and have an off-the-wall question from Jason. Uh, if you're not familiar with this yet, Andrew, this is where Jason is going to ask you a question that has nothing to do with brewing. Are you ready? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So there's yes, this. Yes, uh, I have been convicted of it. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Shit. Uh, okay. So there's this uh, girl named Steve, which, like, her parents thought about it for a really long time. Hang on. What was her name again? It's Steve. And her parents considered it, she's uh, six years old now, and uh, her parents considered for a long time whether or not they should name her Steve, but they asked the doctor and she said no, so they did it. Steve, six years old, has a doctorate in anthropology, 
and also owns a dog. What was the doctor's name? Steve? Yes. That is correct. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That I don't is... know. Normally, it's more like there's more. Normally, there's more narrative. This was a very, this is, felt like a riddle. <laughs> it was an off the wall riddle. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this was like experimental music, but you just assaulted me with a question. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. I'm not you're, offended. I respect that. You're well. You're well. Maybe it's the fact that I'm all out of this West Mile Trappist triple. Yeah, what running. we've learned today, listeners, is that if you ever meet Andrew, if you go to if you go to Cincinnati and you drink beer there, especially at his new garage brewery that he's building, if you yeah. bring him a bottle of West Mile Triple, you can assault him and he will not care. <laughs> with, with questions, assault yeah, with him questions with only. Questions. Please do not assault Andrew in another way. And actually, don't assault him with questions. Be nice to him because uh, he is a genuinely decent human being. Man, yeah. even the last swig of this, you could just taste that nine and a half percent alcohol. <laughs> you could just like when you breathe, you're like, Whew. It was a little it was a little boozy, but not in like a it was boozy in like a whiny kind of way. Like it, yeah. it had like a it's very it was dry. It, it was very dry for me. I wasn't expecting the dryness. When you drink this, you should find like an old like nineteen nineties Enigma album with the, <laughs> the, the, the a chanting and just, okay. just let it play. I don't that's even my know pro, what that my music is. pro tip. Uh, I'm gonna find that now. Yeah, and we'll find Enigma, find their first album. Just hit play, get some Trappist, enjoy it. That's you. <laughs> I I literally have all weekend now to do that. Like I'm I'm gonna go do that. It is gonna be awesome. You don't remember that? It was like the the, the this is the same time when like Crash Test Dummies and all that crap <laughs> Damn was out. Right, Enigma. It was on. It was like on the public. You know, it was on some pop stations, but it was just kind of like kind of laid back, chill, Trappist. You know, just some monks chanting. I'm pretty some sure. Like until I was until I was in my twenties, I didn't listen to anything. <laughs> uh, no, I, I didn't listen to anything like of anything past 1979, except for country music. Did I mention that I'm from Indiana? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is where we'll agree to disagree. Okay, mm. I respect your country music. <laughs> as a professional ex DJ, right? Yeah. And as a human being, I listen to every <laughs> everything except country music. And the few times I got paid money to go do a country music wedding, yeah, I stomached it, knowing that I was making a hundred dollars an hour. Right. That's. I would stomach basically any other genre for that amount of money. When I started homebrewing again and I got the kit from Northern Brewer, I had a kegerator with a standard, you know, I can't remember the Sankey keg connector, right? Oh, okay. Damn. I immediately... From day one, when I started homebrewing, mm. not Mr. Beer, I yeah. also got a two-keg kit from Northern Brewer, and I converted my kegerator to a two-tap homebrew system with, the, you know, the, with the, the, the pin lock or whatever the things are. Right? Yeah. And we've always had his and her beer, because my wife and I cannot agree on beers, right? I love 
I love Trappists. I love Hefeweizens. I love Saisons. I could just get lost in wit beers, right? Mm. And my wife is just like IPAs, double IPAs, quadruple IPAs. There's got to be like a septuplet IPA. A septuplet right? IPA. <laughs> it's coming, right? She she you know, she went out of her way to get like you know the first New England IPA that came to town, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you actually you actually don't use barley in a septuplet IPA. You get all the fermentable fermentable sugars from a new hop strain that has sugar in it. <laughs> it's just a sugary yeah. hop. <laughs> It's some chemist stuff, right? <laughs> so uh, they got some methylamine from, you know, Walter White. So uh, the basically it's a his and a hers and the left in the left keg spout always tastes like hops, like even after I clean it. Right. So right. and and that's that's been our thing. We have a his and a hers keg and I and I it's been perfect because we have the segregation between the two. And it's amusing because nobody drinks her stuff, right? <laughs> but everybody drinks like, your stuff. This comes over like, hey, what do you got? A stout. Sweet. Hook me up with a stout, right? Yeah, because her stuff is like 90% of the liquor store and your stuff is 10%. Like they they're you know, supply and demand, man. And cost-wise, you're just like the hops is most of the cost, even yeah. in the, the extract. So. <laughs> My favorite thing about hops now is is the new hops that are coming out. There's a local beer brewery here who made a uh, smash beer with mm-hmm. Galaxy. Uh, what was it? it? Was the we're talking Fountain Square? Yeah, Fountain Square. It's the, yeah, it's the one we had. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was Golden Promise malt. So Golden okay. Promise with Galaxy, and that was. I've never had a better smash beer. It was damn delicious. I'm excited. One that smash beers are being made by breweries, but two, there was something else that. Oh, shit. No, actually, uh, the brewery, like my local brewery that's, I don't know, down the street from where I live at that I'm Which there. Which is like, the best one, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. It is, <laughs> it's definitely my favorite. Uh, but when I moved into my house, I've, I've been living there for like five years, and they opened up right before I moved in. So I got in early in there, and they made a beer that was just like, hop the fuck up. Oh, and it was, uh, they list the IBUs of all their beers on the board, which God bless them. And it was 120 IBUs. I was like, 120 IBUs, that seems high. And they're like, yeah, you can't really taste it past 80. We just did it because why not? I was like, <laughs> I guess we could. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, at least they're honest. Like the fact that they're, it's like when Alice Cooper is like, I'm playing the character Alice. I'm not really that guy. I'm like, well, you're being honest and I respect you more for that. You know, yeah. my my speakers go to eleven. <laughs> Before I forget, uh, at my since we're on the subject the subject of hops, this will make you amused. At my homebrew club, uh, we did an experimental uh, hops thing. Um, What's it? I can't remember the name of it now. It's uh, out west. One of the hop growers. They sent our homebrew club like. Seven bags. Yakima of, Valley? Yeah, Yakima Valley. They sent us seven bags of experimental hops that had never been used before. Mm. And they said all we had to do was send them back tons of feedbacks. So we made a contest where we all had the same base ingredients, the same base recipe. We followed the same recipe, the same everything, but mm. we all had separate hops. And then we brought them in and we compared them. And somehow I got the weird hops. <laughs> Thankfully, this was after I fixed the chlorine problem. I had a citrusy, zesty kind of a, a you know, like a, a lemony kind of a hop. 
Mm. And that's all I had. And everybody's like, beer tastes like lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, thanks. (laughs) But like everybody else's was just like a straight up IPA, right? (laughs) It seems like, oh, but. I would like to use a lemonade. My my wife would love that. Yeah, but I mean, but it was an amazing experiment because we all had the same exact recipe. And when we came back in, we all had seven completely separate beers. Okay, so let's. I'll give you guys podcaster's choice. What should the next beer be? I got two wine Stefaners. I got a Hefeweizen and Hefeweizen Dunkel. Uh, Ooh. I think you should go with the Dunkel. And the Dunkel, too. Which one's the classic? The, the, I'm not going to pronounce it. The, (laughs) I I had a friend who like, uh, lived in Germany for a while. And apparently she said that that's like the beer you drink. That's like their or at oh, yeah. least that was her go-to beer when she was I over literally there. have a Vine Stefaner oh. coaster that I'm using. <laughs> That's rich. There is a Vine, Vine Stefaner coaster. Yeah, coaster. <laughs> coaster. This, this is the world's oldest brewery, according to this label. Oh. I was uh, I was in Germany when I was nine, so... Okay. And that's not a nine joke. Yeah. Nine is the German. Yeah, I was in nine. Germany and, uh, when... No! So I did not get to enjoy beer. In Germany, that's and fair. That's 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 on my like bucket list. Go back to Germany, get drunk, but get drunk. You know Germany. what? Good on your parents, or if you were there for like a school thing, good on them for not <laughs> not letting you. I guess because I'm pretty sure you're allowed to drink at nine in that. Germany. It's cloudy. It's cloudy. Ooh, <laughs> that's that's all the rage. Is it funky too? Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably no German purity law. Oh, Reinheitsgebot. Oh, what? Touche. Reinheitsgebot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, okay, and see, that's where the whole uh, his and hers tap comes through. Mm. My tap is German purity law. Her tap is just like I don't even know. It's like we. Just, <laughs> that's that's the experimental beers. Like I made a sour once. Oh, don't do that! <laughs> don't do that! I, there's some sour breweries in town. Yeah, I respect what they're doing, but I just I'm not. I can't do that. <laughs> I think home brewers who do sour beer are. The people I respect the most. It is very right. difficult. It is amazing. It's amazing. Ambitious. That's what I meant to it's say. Amb- ambitious and amazing as one word. Yeah, and on that line of thinking, uh, my homebrew club. Before I forget, mm. there was uh, one of the the beer judges here in Cincinnati. He brought to homebrew club a beer that did not have hops in it. He mm. only bittered it with dandelions and other stuff that he found on a field. Mm. And it actually didn't taste bad. That was the worst part. I was like, I was expecting it to taste like grass clippings or something. And he was like, yeah, this guy who he teaches a sensory class that that they 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 do at all these breweries around town. He actually mm-hmm. goes does like a, a day long sensory class to teach people about, you know, sensing and tasting things in water and the brew and stuff. And he brewed a beer without hops. I'm like, I gotta respect that. <laughs> I mean, and to choose dandelions for the bittering, I, I yeah. that's <laughs> like, it's, but uh, so the, my, I guess my question is like, it didn't taste bad, but did it like, is it, no, would it's you, it's not an everyday beer. No. Okay. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. not an everyday beer. <laughs> that's your question. No, it, it doesn't taste no. like homebrew. You would drink it in like as a four ounce thing in a flight and be like, huh. And then you'd never drink <laughs> it. You know, if you don't get out there and find these homebrew clubs, you would never find these guys, right? You know, yeah. It's like, it's like they're hackers, but with beer, right? Yeah. 
There's a guy at my homebrew club that only brews stouts. Only 365 days a year. Every every month he brings in a growler of his stout, and he must have a hundred recipes for a stout beer. Oh, it is wonderful. That guy's he's drunk, and God bless him, he has some good beer. <laughs> hey, I, I think for me a stout. I have the one. I have the one stout recipe, and I like I like it so much. I just can't can't change it, which might be a personal flaw, but. Well, at least my stout's no longer a band-aid, right? <laughs> yeah, no no longer no longer a band-aid. So I have, I have one question I like to ask uh, every home brewer that comes on the show uh, yeah. before we, before we wrap up, and that is with all the beer that surrounds us by people who do this professionally, why do you choose to brew at home? Ah, you know, I hear people all the time like, oh, I love having the the freedom to make whatever I want. And I like having all this and Mm. all that. And literally, I I think it was just like, it's almost like cooking, right? Mm. I enjoy cooking and I enjoy brewing. And one of the biggest things that made me switch from I like doing this to I love doing this is when I started throwing out exact measurements right i no longer measure hops additions okay. to like the gram right if it says add 30 you know three ounce or 0.33 ounces of you know hops at this time mm. i just open up a one ounce bag and i pour half in be like yeah that's close enough do you like <laughs> you know? do you like salt bay it where you like sprinkle it over your elbow oh no no just dump because <laughs> i mean because my pot is an eight gallon pot and most of the time it's like seven gallons in there so mm. you get like an inch before it boils over right yeah. there. one pellet at a time one pellet at a time <laughs> no no you just dump and start stirring aggressively <laughs> uh, and, and pro tip keep a, a spray bottle the spray bottle. I read this on the internet. I haven't tried this yet. This is a, oh, a very good God, tip. You've got to do this. Yeah, and make sure the spray bottle is filled with filtered water, not chlorinated water. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you just you, you spray it and you stir. And between the spraying, the, the cold water spraying on it, I saw it on a YouTube video, and I'm like, whatever. And then I did it, and I'm like, oh, my God, that works. <laughs> so Notice just go to Home Depot, get a stupid little sprayer, fill it with some filter water. Make sure it's cold, obviously. You didn't get your sprayer from Northern Brewer? No. Lowe's. Lowe's, yeah. Brewer. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, we have one last item on the agenda for today. We are going to listen to our uh, listener mailbag. Uh, we have a few friends, as you guys may know, this uh, stuff has not been published yet, but we have a few friends who have listened to the podcast, so they're technically <laughs> listeners, and they have submitted questions for the show. Technically. Yeah. Yeah, they have listened to they They are listeners. I promise you I have a friend. Besides <laughs> yeah. Aaron, question mark? Is, did, did, you get, did you get my question of, why are you guys calling me, and what is this? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. So this is, uh, this is from Nathaniel. Who asked the uh, Hi, Nate. asked Jason and and Aaron and also asked Andrew? He says I'm in the Navy and I think it would be cool to try to brew a beer while on deployment. Oh hell yeah! What type of beer do you think I could pull off while at sea? 
Small batch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so when he asked this question, uh, this is uh, one of my one of my better friends. So I had the uh, the option of asking some follow up questions. <laughs> like, okay. what are the restrictions? Like, how big is your room? Yeah. Because I mean, that could be like aircraft carrier or submarine. Aircraft carrier. <laughs> yeah, aircraft okay. carrier for him. Okay. So it's like okay. So the room size he doesn't think is the biggest problem. It's it's the heat source. And he said you'd be yeah. allowed to rig up whatever you wanted, but you'd have to pass inspection occasionally. Okay. Uh, that's that's difficult because I mean, at at a minimum you'd have to do. Uh, God, you'd have to have some sort of like a uh, what are those things called? Like an induction an induction. You'd yeah. have an induction burner or like a heat stick. Like a, or you could just bribe the galley guys to let you go in there and do All right, something. now I think you're onto something. So now we've gotten <laughs> away from the small batch and into the big batch. If we bribe the galley guys or you just because you yeah, just I take mean, a demotion gonna... to be a cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean if if you get in good with the galley guys, then you know, you can go crazy with a 5-gallon batch, right? Right. Otherwise, I think you're limited to at least a 1-gallon batch. Yeah. And assuming I, I'm I'm I don't know if aircraft carriers are like air conditioned or what, but I'm assuming that like if you're deployed the Middle East, it's going to be hot as hell. Yeah, I, I think I think obviously the you're brewing temperatures are way off. Obviously, yeah. you're brewing an ale. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like there's no way. I'm, I'm sure they have refrigerators on these things, but I don't think you get to use them. I think the bigger challenge is how are you getting your ingredients on the boat? You could probably oh find grain. That's probably the easy thing. It's I'm gonna guess the hops is the hops is probably the worst. I oh yeah. I, so is the the answer to the question that I think is dandelion beer. Yes. <laughs> or I, someone send a, a northern brewer kit to an one of those APO boxes or what are those things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, well, there are hop. Now you could you could use hop oils or extracts. You could. Um, or <laughs> you could use that new yeast uh, that they've just been writing news about that apparently makes your beer taste like hops without using hops because science is going to kill us all. Don't trust the science. <laughs> and then I believe that I, I haven't used, I believe there was an, an extract kit that's pre hopped. Is, is this like, this is a real guy? Like, I want to mail this guy a kit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I want to get a, I want to get a one gallon kit. I will pay and fund for a one gallon kit and just send it. With he is yeast absolutely my the, the, my best friend. <laughs> like I've known him almost as long as I'm alive. Yes, he's and a real guy. So it's gonna have to be dry hops or dry yeast too, right? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, it has to be. God, so, it's so, survive. No us. smack pack. So you're gonna be no smack pack. So <laughs> dry yeast, uh, an extract kit that has the hops already included. I think they make yeah. that. And then you could you could actually I think you could pull that off. And honestly, he could get resourceful too because he can go if, – if he befriends the galley guys, he can mm. easily get like one-gallon glass jugs or one-gallon tin cans. You yeah. Know? I, there's a guy in my homebrew club who swears – and it just drives me crazy. He swears he never cleans his stuff. Like he like just re- keeps reusing the same fermenters and he never yeah. cleans – he just sprays it out. He never sanitizes. He's like, oh, that sanitization's nothing. And his beer's not bad. That's the weird part. He's lying. He's like, right? It's like, I think he's sort of like Trappist, not to circle back. But like, you know, he's just like, you know, this is the old style. You know, there was no sanitation back in the day. I'm like, you know, 
tell this guy to go get some like you know some one gallon peach cans out of the trash you know because mm-hmm. that could be his boil pot right that could be his fermenter if you get enough <sighs> saran wrap i love the idea of hobo beer yeah this, i kind of want to make some now like can we, we like our next job is to make a beer that we think we could get away with on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and then he needs to get, you know, bottles and some way to cap them, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly though, he he could probably work out a situation where he was serving it sort of like a cask beer. Yeah. yeah where yeah. where you know, he got just a little bit of pressure on there, let it bottle condition and and just drink that so thing at about, you know, one volume. <laughs> Well, it might do that, but we haven't talked about airlocks. This is really going to be a difficult proposition. I think really you just need to buy the beer, Nate. I think. Well, hang on, Nate. I think if you're really gonna if you're really gonna make it, you can get a kit for a gallon of beer. You might be able to get a heat source to boil that gallon of water, and that might be fine. Aaron, you were talking about pre-hopped wort, or uh, you can get uh, actually Mister Beer, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. The extract is pre-hopped extract. Yeah. That exists, and it's. And that's maybe, I'm not even gonna say drinkable. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, like you can put it in your body, but you can put a lot of things in your body. Goes down great with an MRE, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So here, okay. So going on the Mister Beer line, mm. tell him to start saving up twenty ounce pop bottles. Clean them out really good and okay. save the pop bottles with the caps because yeah. that's what he will. That's his his thing. Instead of bottling it, he'll just put them in the twenty ounce bottles cap it off with a little bit of sugar mm. bottle condition and then it'll pressurize See? or even like that's <laughs> this is uh people uh i knew people in college who made like closet wine oh god <laughs> like what they would do is they would take like uh like rosy or, or whatever those giant jugs of wine they would drink them because you're in college oh yeah right fill them up with just fruit juice <laughs> and then you take bread yeast you put it in there oh yeah and then you top it off with a condom and you're good to go. Keeps it sanitary. I've never made closet wine, but that I, sounds horrible. It, you know what? My brother, my middle brother, uh, I'm the youngest. My next, my next oldest brother made that out of orange, not orange juice. Uh, but no, he made it. He made a uh, uh, hobo wine out of concentrated, uh, uh, concentrated orange juice in like old wine jugs and that's a totally a possibility the hard part with being on a ship is it's going to be hard to find the grains and the hops and to then apply enough heat to boil them if you're looking to get drunk and you're looking for the experience of making your own alcohol find any kind of just shit that has sugar in it i okay to mail a one gallon extract kit that can't be much and something like you said, it's pre-hopped, yeah. And then that he could he could ferment it in like a can, or if he could find like a one-gallon glass jug with a lid, that would be ideal, right? Actually, like bottle fermenting or bottle conditioning it into like PET plastic bottles, mm. you know, your, your typical Pepsi or Coke bottles. Yeah, that that's the route he needs to go to bottle it to serve it. I think and that's, then obviously chilling it, you know. Well, I mean, I think. <laughs> yeah. Again, <laughs> we're really goals. we're really gonna rely on the on the folks in the in the galley kitchen there. This is a logistics problem, but I, I it's I love it. I feel you like know, if we should report back when when it, when and if we make this happen. This. Uh, <laughs> 
I, I got a good friend uh, that I, I've podcasted with who mm. served on a destroyer for like five years. And okay. It's probably you know small, much smaller than an aircraft carrier, but I'll I'll, I'll run it by him logistics wise, see if I could come up with any avenues Ooh. we haven't even thought of. So. Yeah, we we love to, to uh, too. We'd love to uh, post any updates uh, you have along with the episode. <laughs> Speaking of your podcast, uh, as we come to uh, a close on the show, if you want to wrap us up by giving us some information about how we can listen to some more of your content. Sure. Uh, I do a gaming podcast, and our schedule is, and I put this in quotes, whenever we damn feel like it, <laughs> the, the xpquest.com, and you can follow us on at xpquest on Twitter as well. It's pretty much just like any game that has anything to do with RPGs or a gaming experience, we talk about it. Mm. And then uh, I've also started a, uh, a musical podcast dealing with uh, video game music and everything that surrounds it. And it's called Chromatic Bits. It should be on iTunes probably in the next month uh, once I, you know, fiddle with all the RSS feeds, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, I'm wrapping this on a podcast that doesn't show up on iTunes either. So Yeah. Uh, sure. yeah. But by the time you hear it. I'm super excited about both of these podcasts showing up but on iTunes. But if you need crappy hosting, let me know. Yeah. That's... I got a hard drive. I yeah. could provide crappy hosting myself, sir. What are you trying to say? I got a 72K or 7.2K hard drive, you know, the uh, on it. <laughs> abs- absolutely. Well, we want to thank uh, thank you, Andrew, for taking the time to come with us on the show today. It's been an absolute blast. Cheers to you. This is a German town. Prost. 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 <laughs> Prost to you. Yay! If you want to reach uh, Andrew, you can reach him online uh, on Twitter at DJ Pimp Daddy. You can also find him uh, similarly on Steam and Discord at DJ Pimp Daddy. We want to uh, to thank all the listeners today for listening to the show. We will be on iTunes by the time this is published, so please uh, leave us a review. In the meantime, I can't do it. I can't do it. Our guest is doing doing a dance. I'm not cool enough to know the name of that dance. What what is the name of that dance? The sprinkler. The sprinkler. Okay, so we're doing the sprinkler. So I'll say in the meantime, as we sign off, do the sprinkler, brew some beer, and have some fun. Yeah.